guys hello and welcome back i'm jojo fraser it's time for a mojo injection we are at episode 100 can i get a whoop 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 i'm so excited oh well we would have made it here a lot quicker but 2020 has been some year um i was speaking on bbc this week about the the kind of danish research and how you know they're so happy and we were talking about you know their latest thing and it's all about like ah well um we gotta roll with it but um it's not always easy it's not always easy but i have always wanted this podcast to be a mojo den you can come in you can feel at home the masks are off metaphorical mask um, we share deeply it's a kind place where we judge less live and love more and it's been amazing to hear so many of you have followed me through this journey um, to episode 100 and I just hope you you stay because I've got so many visions um, and I yeah I just love having this safe space so thank you for coming back and if you're new welcome this is yeah, it, it's really important to me that there's more spaces where people can come and, and feel like they're not alone. I have been doing research. I am really excited to be delivering my first TEDx talk in November. Really excited about that. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just going to bring it. But a lot of the research I've been doing is, you know, about... Our, our brain shame is bad for the brain and when we talk about things we write things down we we kind of release stuff and yeah uh, it's time to keep removing stigma and um, there's a lot of work to do you know more people died by suicide last month than they did to covid and i still don't see the same sense of urgency when it comes to mental health but it's at the heart of everything so yeah you're all welcome here and i just hope that you know that you deserve well-being you deserve mojo you deserve to live a life that that you love and obviously there's going to be bumps along the road life can be beautiful and then it's awful and then it can feel mundane and it can feel stretched and it can feel yeah just a bit blah and then it's beautiful again and then it can be awful but I kind of want to encourage you to find the beauty um, and and you find your places where you feel calm and you feel content. Do more of that. You know, find those spots where you go, ah. Um, So yeah, that that will very much be my content, especially putting out in the run-up to World Mental Health Day as well. But it's not just about one day, it's every day we should be talking about this stuff. This week we're going to get quite deep. Um, Hubs is back, he was amazing on episode one and he's equally amazing on episode 100. We went through a lot, thousands and thousands of people read my article on mummyjojo.com in sickness and in mental health and to know it's helped so many people it's been amazing. So I thought I would get Hubs on, we'll talk very very openly um, about things and I hope it helps. Please share it with someone who's been through it or who's going through it now um, or someone you, you feel may get something out of this episode. It's raw, it's real and I'm very proud of it. So let's jump in. Episode 100. Woohoo!
so here we are, episode 100. Two years ago you were on this podcast, what do you think? It's been a busy two years, darling. It's been mental, hasn't it? Well, a lot's happened. A lot has happened. Try not to fidget too much because it'll come up on this. Right. I can speak to him like this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really say that to the others, but in fairness, we're we're quite chilled, you know. Um, we're quite chilled in the Mojo Den, so just relax and. Be your honest, well, you can't really do it any other way, can you? You've always been a very honest person. I'm a very honest person, Sometimes darling, yes. too honest. Yeah, there will never be anything but honesty for me. Mm-hmm. It's good, it's got, it's it's good, it's mostly it's good. good. Yeah, it really is, it's good to know. Uh, well, this podcast is all about taking the mask off, um, the metaphorical mask. Um, okay, we know it's 220 we have some Fraser Tartan masks, don't we? Yes, we do. Thank you, Granddad Dave. Mm, they're gorgeous. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's funny because the last time you were on here and that episode one got such an amazing reaction. You were speaking so openly about your own mental health and about gambling, addiction, and it was really powerful. And here we are, like over two years later, speaking now about my mental health and um, my first intense experience kind of January but really mainly February March was just an absolute oh just an absolute crazy terrifying traumatic but also very very high and exciting time for my mind but a really really huge test for you um and I know with your mental health, I did take it personally. Um, you know, at the start, we were younger, but I was so angry with your gambling at first because so many people take mental health personally, but it was an illness. It wasn't really your fault, was it? Um, but it's, it can be easy to take it personally, can't it, when it's the other way around? Yeah, the gambling thing's like an addiction. So if you're if you're gambling... You don't necessarily want to gamble mm-hmm. and you don't think about gambling and you're not, so it's, it's not, you know, you hear about people who've gambled like all their family money away and they, they can't afford a house and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily evil people or pricks. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's, it's something that takes hold of you. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't know if we call it a mental illness, but... Well, it, it kind of... It, I've, as I'm a mental health first aider now, I can officially well, say true, yeah. that, you know, we are trained um, with people with, you know, addiction and be that, you know, uh, alcohol misuse, um, gambling. Um, mm. it, it's really serious because it can be traumatic. And it, as you say, it's it's got a hold of you. So yeah, it's, addiction it's is... Yeah, it's mental. It's yeah, mental health. There's mental and it... it it's not a choice. It's not like a, or you don't you don't see it as a choice. So if you're doing something like that, then you don't like at the time you don't think of it as a choice, something that you have to do, mm-hmm. and you're doing, and it's it's just you know, it's an addiction, it's like any addiction. Mm-hmm. So it's just like something that you have to do. Mm-hmm. But having this now is quite good because like I've not, I've not had that feeling or had that kind of um, impulse. You know, to to gamble mm-hmm. in a very long time, like not mm. not to that extent, like you know the lottery and well, well that's it actually. What the would lottery. you say healed you from it? 
Like there was the bit at the time, and then obviously, I guess when we have kids and stuff. That crazy love you had for them. Yeah, like my whole mentality towards, you know, like looking after that, like responsibility. Like when I was gambling, I didn't really have any responsibilities. I didn't have like like loads of bills and stuff, and you know, money wasn't really a problem, mm-hmm. and so it was fine. But then now, because you've got people that depend on you mm-hmm. and like rely on you to that extent, for me, that's enough. Mm-hmm. I think, you know. But then, so maybe in that respect, maybe my gambling addiction wasn't that strong because I know that for some people, it's not enough. And yeah, for it's some not people, as easy as that. I can't, you know. No matter how much you love your kids, you know, when Dad was really depressed and anxious and then became delusional. I never once doubted and thought, oh, this is so selfish. I just saw how sick and how ill he was. And I never, well, I did take it personally at first. And then I realised how, you know, it was an illness. And then I realised that actually, no, this is not personal. He would never say these things and he would never act this way. That is, it's a different person in, in his body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a different, someone has taken over his mind. Um, it, a lot of mental health, it, it can feel like there is a demon in the body and they're controlling this person. And then you may get glimpses of them. But yeah, I mean, for me, it, it started off just me probably being high energy. Um, when was it you realised I had a mental illness? Well, the first time when you, at the start of the year, when you were you were really manic. Mm-hmm. And so you were just going so quick mm-hmm. in every way. So everything was like, everyone was 100 miles an hour. It was all the time. You weren't delusional at that stage and you weren't kind of off it. I don't know how to explain you, you weren't, you know, extremely sort of captured by it at that point. Mm-hmm. But you, at the start of the year, maybe even the end of last year, mm-hmm. I don't know, you were, you were just... I know, definitely the end of last year. Like even sort of late last year, like October, November, September, October, November, when you were going so quickly, everything was so fast. And when I was at home during the day, because I was between jobs, and then at that point, I seen what was going on during the day, and I hadn't seen that. So and what was were... I like? Give me an example. So I was upstairs doing courses and things, mm-hmm. um, and then I would come down for a cup of tea, and you would be sitting at the kitchen table, mm-hmm. but you'd be frantically sort of with like 10 things on the go mm-hmm. all the time. And I'd try and talk to you and you're like, yeah, 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 but you're, everything was just 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And I had only, until that point, I'd only seen you at night time mm-hmm. because I'd be at work all day. But then because I'd finished my job at that point, then it was, I'd seen you during the day. And I had, I guess I'd never really knew what you were up to during the day. Because, you know, you just go about your daily life and then I see you at night and then we go through the motions with the kids and the kids were, you know, going through the routine, the bedtime routine, etc. Mm-hmm. But when I seen you during the day, then I was like, wow, this is this is not maybe very good. I said that to you a couple of times, actually. I, like, I don't know if this is good mm-hmm. for your health. Like, I don't know if this is a healthy way to live. Mm-hmm. Because you were, you obviously go to meetings and you do stuff and you're, you know, you're sort of speaking to people and things, but you were mainly like writing and 
doing blogs and doing your book and but doing loads of things at the same time mm-hmm. on your own kind of in that online world well i wrote fifty thousand words from yeah. summer to december really pushing to get this next book out but when i read it yeah. back recently having come through the the illness and then in recovery and then pretty much back to myself now um i, I read it and i was just like oh i'm not feeling this at mm-hmm. all um like there was some g- good themes and stuff in it but i just felt yeah just yeah it just wasn't really doing it for me you know and i'm like okay well maybe use some of it but I feel like last year there was a balance because I started the mindfulness course 2019 and that was amazing and that really slowed my mind down and that was eight weeks intense with the meditation at the end and I feel like that maybe slowed me down for a bit Mm -hmm. and I feel like we were starting to get along better we weren't rowing as much um because that was about the time we went to Taymouth Marina we were sort of chilling out a bit and I feel like that was really good for me but then I maybe got back into that busy 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 and just got sucked along and people would always say to me you're so busy you're so busy slow Mm -hmm. down but then there was a side of me that would go to the spa loads go for treatments loads but it just wasn't enough um it wasn't enough and even when we were when I was taking the kids at the weekend to amazing places a lot of it was free so I would have to do a write-up or I'd have to take pictures do you know what I mean we got so many amazing opportunities but with that that (laughs) there's a price tag it wasn't free it was my time you know which is very very valuable and also that sort of like that was part of the busyness Mm -hmm. so much as you were even when you're going for your spa so you were going for your you were fitting in to like go for a massage and go and do this and then yeah like go to these places like whatever castles and events and things and mm-hmm. um, all that was you know I guess in in, in isolation like a, a good thing and a sort of nice thing to do mm-hmm. but then when you've got like three or four of them all the time and every day and there's always stuff going on mm-hmm. it just it you know, even your massage is adding to your busyness. Mm-hmm. There was no time at that point to just chill out. Rushing to get there. And that was when I got quite stressed because there was no time in the evening. It, it felt like for a wee while mm-hmm. there was no time at night time because every night you were busy, you had a lot of events, you had a lot of things going on or you were writing your book or you were doing whatever. And I was at work all day so I got home and... Well, that was after. That was probably later on. Uh, that was like towards the end of last year, so November, December, kind of January time. And the thing was, when I picked the kids up, I would be like cooking with them or baking or, do you know what I mean, making food from scratch. So that was another mm. thing. And then people were saying to me, I'll put your recipes up. But here's the thing, right? You could just say, most people are like that, right? Really, really busy. There's loads of people that run in their own business, right? And I know mm. this from interviewing a lot of them, that that's just a sort of standard way it's like well that's the price you pay if you do your own thing you've got to work around the kids and you've got to put the hours in but obviously I totally disagree with that cultural um, even more now I'm really mad for the and there's always been part of me like that you know do my mindfulness and meditation but the psychotherapist said to me um she said Joe it could have just been something that was going to happen to you no matter what it was a genetic thing and maybe someone further down the line is because i had a one-off manic episode to people that may be tuning in and they don't realize uh, what it was so i had a one-off hypomanic and then and then really manic 
um, having never had any mental health, obviously anxiety, but we all have anxiety at various levels throughout our life and it's a, a learned behaviour. Um, and we have it as part of us to keep us safe. But um, I've never had depression, obviously PMS, but you know, we all have mental health, but I never had a, an illness diagnosed. So she said it could have been a genetic thing. But then I spoke to other psychiatrists researching and, and someone said, no, for you to have had such an episode, there must have been a lot of triggers. There'll be a lot of people that believe, especially in the mindfulness space, that there's always a trigger and genetic isn't enough. But we don't we can't say for certain. The other thing was the time, the week I started to go high, I was doing the energy course and I'd mm. also been speaking to that energy healer. Um, and was obviously very involved going to church and feeling like there was angels all around. So you're also doing the radio. Yeah, I was doing the radio. That was really, really busy. And really I guess busy. that was, I probably agreed to far too much, but I think by mm. then I was going, do you know what I mean? I, I'd perhaps lost my boundaries by then. Cause I was just like, yeah, yeah. It was almost like I just become so free and just loved everyone. I remember doing a speaking gig on the 12th of January and coming home to you and I was off my face. Do you mm. remember that? How, how, what would you say I was like that night? Yeah, so was that the day that you did the vision board and stuff? During yeah, the day? and it came back. And I'd been to church that night and it was like... That was probably the first night, I think, that that was the first night that I knew you were absolutely off it. Uh-huh. Um, that night. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, there was the kind of time towards the end of the year where I thought you were a bit manic. Um, you know, things were a bit, well, I didn't think you were a bit manic, but things, I thought that your the lifestyle wasn't good mm-hmm. and things were a wee bit dangerous maybe for you. And then, dangerous. Yeah. and then that night, dangerous. that night was like, uh, I remember you getting back and you told me what you'd done that day mm-hmm. and you'd done all these different kind of mindful things and, um, you know, various things and you were, you weren't yourself that night. So that night you were... Uh, just a little bit different and more, yeah, you lost it that night. So you... I'd also heard some pretty traumatic stuff in church that night because it was an incredible speaker who'd come up um, and he'd worked in Africa oh, and he yeah, was telling guy. me a lot of traumatic stuff and the power mm. of prayer and it it blew my mind and it blew mm. a lot of people's minds. So there was that. And there it was, was the way that you were. You weren't like thinking back to it now. I can remember it vividly at the time. You know, that that wasn't you almost that night. That mm-hmm. night you were like out of body, out of Jojo, if you like. Like you weren't, it wasn't you so that night. It's a bit of a coincidence though. I'm with yeah. an, an energy healer comes to hear me speak and, I'm, and I actually felt like crazy sparks off this girl. I could feel mm. this weird uh, energy. Like, Is that not... the one you went and met for coffee i met her for a coffee she came to my speaking mm. gig but at the moment i met her mm-hmm. i was like she's got all this i could feel all this energy coming off her mm-hmm. and she said oh i've got a gift of energy and she's an energy healer and stuff mm-hmm. and because people had always said to me oh joe you're all about the energy people come mm-hmm. to me for positive energy when i've coached people it's all about they talk about my energy it's like enchanting it's positive but it was never it was more in a sort of motivational energy mind it wasn't really a spiritual although I've yeah. always had faith and I pray and stuff. I've never really pushed that heavily on to other people, if you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of more sort of camera about it. But this was like a whole different level of energy. This was actually... 
Yeah, but like what, a but Reiki did that, type of energy. But did that feel that way at that time because you were already kind of manic? I don't know. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I it's like know. a lot of the things that you experienced then, and <coughs> excuse me, like when you were lying on the couch and you got scent energy and all that sort of stuff. Like a lot of the things that you experienced and the way in which you experienced them, um, you could say that is how it was, or you could say you experienced it in that way because you were not well I, at that well, time, which is my problem. That's your, probably see, my there's, opinion. Yeah. There's a lot of two opinions because my psychiatric mm. nurse felt the same, but because yeah. I I believe in God and I believe in spirits, and you know, that's when different, I, though, isn't it? But when I was going to Reiki. Some of the Reiki masters were saying they see spirit guides, they see angels mm. in the room and stuff. So if you don't believe in that stuff, you're just going to say it's all the mind, right? It's it's all the mind playing tricks. If you believe like there's no spiritual life, I, whereas I, I, I believe that's it's, not what I believe. I don't no. believe that, but I just don't I, like the you know God and all that's a different thing. But the 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 sort of random girl with the energy thing and sending the energy from afar and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't, I don't know the person. I don't know what they were, and I don't really believe that you would feel that from her. What was it she said? At a certain time, I'm going to send you this, so you're going to feel this. I think that your head was geared up to receive that because That's of the what way Darren you Brown were. Would say, right? And you're a big fan of his work. I'm a fan of Darren Brown, but, but I know what I felt, and I know when I saw her, I felt exactly the same. But energy. I believe you felt it, but I'm just saying, I think you felt it because you were already going that way you were already going I think in my head she definitely had something I don't know what was going on but then you probably never know I mean who knows right it could could be either it's a belief it could be one of that you either think this stuff doesn't exist lots of people are becoming more spiritual these days it's both an opinion it's an opinion but lots of people are becoming more spiritual these days in America they're probably a lot more advanced you know tree hugging retreats and all that and I'm a free that's another story in America but yeah yeah, but I'm a free spirit right so I get sucked into all that I love it right Mm. I love all the kind of free you know spread the love and I have had points when I came out because I'd been going to church for about a year and I had points when I came out and I felt like pure love, right? Mm-hmm. And Andrew Johnson spoke about this as a meditation guide. Mm-hmm. He's really come into his heart space. Yeah, it's quite common in church, right? So a lot of people get that. And I felt like pure love. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like the Bible says God is love, right? So mm-hmm. God is love. And then I go to church and then I'm like feeling all this love. I'm like, this is absolutely insane. It's blown my mind. Um for me it was very very real and when I was sick and I was going to that church people were praying for me I felt all this light shining and you could say I was hallucinating because when you're manic you hallucinate you you hear voices and I also felt in the beds like an evil spirit one night enter and that's when I had someone come and bless my room (laughs) and pray uh, to bless the room because I genuinely felt like there was an, an evil spirit that entered my body but here's the thing in mental health, you know, they used to say people were witches. You were saying, oh, but that could just be back then. It was mental health. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's no, a, I know, I know, I know. It's like that's a fine why... line. It's spooky because all the people in the mental health hospital were speaking about spiritual stuff too. It's mm. like there's this, yeah, there's this like crossover. Do you know what I mean? It's like, was it an evil spirit that entered my body? Because I felt like someone was talking and saying things that I would never say. Like, mm. more. T- I remember my brother being around and... I remember looking at him and going, this isn't me speaking. This is 
this is what I'm saying to my brother is really... Yeah, the words are coming out, I but it's not you. never say this. Yeah, but that happened a lot throughout the whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of the witch thing. A bit at the, the same past, time, I when I've been... got into all that spiritual stuff and they say dark spirits can come mm. in. But I think that was part of the problem, though, because at that time, you know, when you got unwell, like really unwell, mm-hmm. you were seeing a lot of things. So you were, like, seeing the energy person. You were... Uh, you'd seen hypnotists quite a lot. You'd done the mindfulness course. You you were you know you're involved in what you do as a job, right? You or, open up your mind. Yeah, your mental health, right? So you but you open up to such an extent to so many things to so many areas at the same time, and I think for somebody to take on all of that is is quite difficult and very confusing as well because you've got you know like like you're saying like you don't know what was real and what was it was it the energy girl wasn't. I wasn't well at that point. Mm-hmm. I think we know that in the end you weren't well. Like the in the end when you were in hospital, etc., you you definitely weren't well. There's at that two point. theories. An so evil spirit entered my fact. body or <laughs> no, I, it was a you, mental illness. But it was a mental illness. But at that point you weren't well, definitely. If you look at mania, I had every symptom. Yeah. Every symptom. And it was an acute hundred percent. You know, if we're gonna go through textbook medical labels, then we'll say I had an acute mental illness. Yeah. Some people will believe maybe a demon into my body there will be people out there that believe that um whatever it was was horrendous and the medication helped <laughs> um yeah but it the, worked the medication it they, they can't explain a lot but it, you could say that's a good point actually you could say that the medication worked and if it was an evil spirit entering your body would the medication have worked it's mm-hmm. a good point i haven't really thought about that before but, you know, you're saying, oh, was it a mental illness or was it like an evil spirit that's coming at you? Mm-hmm. Right. But if an evil spirit's coming at you, is it going to be deterred and are you going to be fixed, if you like, by medication? Mm-hmm. Surely not. Whereas I think we can attest, you know, you can you know, attest to the fact that you've recovered. Or it can really dumb your, it can really numb your senses. Yeah, but then, you know what I mean, you can play about with kind of words and thoughts, but yeah. that is the truth. Like the, the fact is... It was textbook, I meant to. Something happened. Mm-hmm. You were the way you were. Mm-hmm. You got the help at the time, so you got medication and everything. And then the result is that you got better. At first so it got worse, because when I went in hospital, because I was so tra- traumatised, mm. I started to... And I don't know if that was just from lack of sleep, because insomnia can send you insane. Mm. It was certainly... Well, insomnia will eventually send you insane. Um, yeah. It sent me very delusional, and that was all happening. And then when I went into hospital, that was like my worst nightmare, because my trauma with Dad, yeah. although it was actually not as bad as I'd remembered, because... It well, was my night- worst nightmare also. Yeah, it uh, was surrendering. hospital was like my worst nightmare. So that was like... One of the worst days of my life. Yeah, it, um, was, I mean, it was horrible, a horrible experience. And then you blamed me at the time as well, which made it even worse because I didn't want you to go there. I didn't want you to be there. Mm-hmm. And then you blamed me for being there. So it was like a triple whammy of like, oh, wow. Well, it no, right I didn't thing. blame you. The illness blamed you. Exactly. Or exactly. the spirit. You, you didn't blame whatever me. Whatever it was. The words coming out of your mouth blamed me. And so that was horrendous because, mm-hmm. but it was the right thing to do. And it was the... Obviously, you know, it worked out and everything's okay. But at that time, that day, you know, putting you in hospital, yeah, well, not putting you in hospital, but sitting there when the, the doctor took you to hospital was horrendous. You know, for me, your parents, your family, 
Uh, that was an absolute nightmare. Here's the other thing, though. The reason I went to hospital that day is because I went to... I'd already put a deposit down on a property and I went to view another one, which was a million pound property. Mm. But I'd also been working with the coach that yeah. tells you to, <laughs> to go and if you want to buy the car, go and drive the car. If you want the property, go see it. So mm. I went to see it for maybe the fourth time. But in my head, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to get this. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like my studio. But I was part like, I'm leaving you. And then I was mm. part like, oh, maybe I'm not. Why don't you just, we could share the apartment and we can share. Like I would change my mind constantly. Mm-hmm. And then I would say to people, oh, we're just going to be best friends. And then I would say, oh, actually, no, maybe we'll we'll make this work. And it, do you know what I mean? It was just, it was crazy. It was absolutely it must have been horrendous for you. Um, yeah, it was an absolute nightmare. But mental illness, um, or for those of you that believe it was... Spe- I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. After my little thought there about the taking the stuff. Mm-hmm. So the medication worked. The medication worked. Right. Thankfully, so the it doesn't so always work. I think for Dad. cans your evil spirit idea. Because if it's I... an evil... Well, of course. Because if you're saying, like, potentially... It's, like, I get you up until now. About like, oh, like, is it, you know, is it mental illness or is it an evil spirit coming in your body? But if it is an evil spirit coming in your body, then th- that wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have got, like, the medication, wouldn't, the medication only worked because it's geared up to work on mental illness. It's not worked on evil spirits, you know? It's just funny because there's a lot of history, you know, about, like, witches and all this stuff. Yeah, exactly, but... I do believe in evil spirits, though. But, Potentially, yeah. I mean, maybe there are evil spirits. I don't know. But here's the thing. When you took me to the GP, right? Mm. And initially he put it as stress. And then you yeah. said to me, oh, she's starting going to church a lot and all that. And he was like, well, I go to church. Mm. So it's like, he prays. He believes in evil spirits and God. He's not getting sent off in a white coat. Do you know what I mean? It's like a... Oh, but I'm all for the praying thing. And yeah. the God thing. And going to church thing. Like, that's good. But um, in church, a lot that. of people of faith do believe... To believe in God, you do have to believe in evil. Now, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm not as into it to that extent. But, um, you know, I was happy for you to go to church and I thought that was a good thing, positive impact on your life. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah, I felt exactly. so much Always healing, so much forgiveness. Yeah. But it was actually doing the mindfulness and the meditation that actually was good for me because I felt like that, in a way, made my faith stronger because I realised how, like, love and, and all that stuff and how love wins. And I do feel like in the world there is, like, heaven and earth. Well, I know, do you know what I mean? That the evil is, like, all mm-hmm. the awful stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's, like, hell. Like, yeah, it's just, you know, you see in the world when you look at the news, it's like, hell, hell, hell. Maybe a little bit of, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The one article, the good stuff. And there is like a world that's just so full of, you know, let's just say I got unwell because I was just manic. And manic is a word a lot of people use. I've noticed this now. Um, oh, I'm so manic, you know, blah, 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 without necessarily yeah. having an illness. People say it work all the time, yeah. And it's almost I like, is that the sort of hell part of the world where, you know, I'm reading a book now and it's all about um, quiet. Have I got it here? Yeah, I'll just get the title. Um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Mm. And it's really good. How to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos of the modern world. And it says that like every week, because obviously Sunday's meant to be the day of rest, but a lot of people work on a Sunday or, you know, but he's saying every, you should have at least one day a week where you totally, you know, you, you digital detox, you go, 
you maybe go a wild swim or you sit and eat a meal or you're really, really present, you have a nap, you know, you go have some sexy time or, do you know what I mean? Just mm. like really chill. And yeah. a lot of people stop that. Yeah, because life's become so busy for everybody. I think like the, during this period of coronavirus, you know, we're in this epidemic at the moment. So I think that's obviously had a massive impact on everyone's life and that's slowed everyone down, you know, not through choice. People don't have a choice. Everyone's, well, a lot of people are working from home now. So they don't have the commute, they've got a lot more time with their family, they've got more, a lot more time for life. And that's a benefit that's come from this epidemic. There's a lot of bad, but that is definitely something good that's kind of come from that, is having that time. Um, but when you kind of, when you got ill, a lot of the, the kind of thing for me, I remember your brother came round. The first night we kind of, when your parents came round one day and then you went back to your mum's. And then you were up talking to them and your brother that night and your brother came around the next day and me and him were kind of talking and he was like, what's going on? And I was like, and then I'd been racking my brains all night just trying to think what's happened to you, like what's, mm -hmm. what's happened? Mm -hmm. And so he came around and I think if you're in this kind of, a lot of people will obviously be into kind of mental health, you know, and like work in mental health. And I think if you, if you work in, in this kind of industry and you're, you're talking about it, you're reading about it, you're, you're living it day in, day out, then you need to have time that is not in it to survive, I think. Like, it, it's all, and it, it was all from a great, <clears throat> excuse me, like a great place. Like, so everything you did all came from a great place and it was all with good intentions and, you know, to help people and that's brilliant. But, you know, I look around the room and, like, that's when your brother came around that day, I was like, look around the room, like, so all, you've got books everywhere, they're all about mental health, they're all, you know, because it's part of what you do, so that's fine. Well, I've been a researcher for six years, exactly. so it has filled my mind, I know yeah. an awful lot. People say to me a lot, how do you know a lot? Are you a psychiatrist? Are you, um, you know, when I did the mental health first aid exam, she was like, oh, you know so much, like yeah, you've passed exactly. this above and beyond. You and do, and that's, and but that's what I'm trying to say, So and that's good, it's good that you, you do know all that, but at that point when you, you got unwell, it was, that was all there was. So everything, like, you know, the people you've seen, the things you did, the things you went to, the discussions you had, the the sort of the, the stuff you listen to on your phone, the, the podcasts that you do, the, mm -hmm. uh, the books you read, you know, everything was around mental health. It was too And much. at the point, yeah, like before, like back before you got Manica also last year, uh, you know, before the end of last year, we would have our, our unwind time and we would have time that we would do other things and we would talk about... I like I used to joke with you when we'd like be washing the dishes because we'd have a conversation and, you know, I'd be saying to you, okay, like, do we have to always talk about mental health? Like, can we not just talk about <laughs> something like some pish, you know? <laughs> like, do we have to always have a discussion about some sort of mental health thing? I think the passion that, tipped into obsession. Yeah, and that that's what I mean. But that, And that's kind of you know, same word in your podcasting, that would be my advice to people. It's like, if you're in this industry and you're doing this kind of thing, that's great. And, you know, it's a positive impact and you want to break the stigma and, you know, it's something that has to be talked about and anybody, you know, everyone's vulnerable and it can happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. I totally believe all of that. But I definitely believe that you, you need your time to watch crap, like mm -hmm. Love Island, read a book about Total Dross, uh, you know, watch a comedy or, 
watch X Factor, whatever, just Bake whatever off, you like. You know, yeah, just some rubbish. Slow like, the mind down. That's what we need to do. And yeah. I, know, I know that now. Like, exactly, yeah, you do. Slow and, the mind down. But the thing is, mindfulness, I did slow it down, but then I got into the trap again. But in a mindfulness manner. So it's in a manner that's about, I think you have to do it in a way that's not, like mindfulness is practices in ways of being mindful and all. But again, it's still playing with the mindy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I get that it's good practices and it's good things to do to, you know, it's supposed to like meditation and all, which is great as well. Slows your brain, and that's when your brain starts to grow. These are all great things when you slow your brain yeah. it goes. But but you need to just sometimes just do nothing, just watch a rubbish film with the kids, and you know, like just sit and cuddle, have some popcorn, and watch CAC for a few hours. You know what I mean? Have a day just tossing about. But I think for so long, you know, when you got ill, there, there was a long period where those things were seldom, if at all, you know, in in days. There would be many days where there just wasn't that time. There wasn't. I don't that... know though, because we watched Love Island in the summer of two thousand and nineteen, and we yes. didn't miss an episode. So... Yeah, but we didn't watch the next one. There was one on when you were not well, and uh, we usually do watch that. Uh, it's just it's absolutely. <laughs> I actually said in my first book, guys. I said like I was actually. I mean, like, I watch it just. Don't for watch Love you. Island. It's so bad. But yeah. like we actually did try it in two thousand and nineteen, and it was just such pure. Got sucked in, yeah. Total it's pure escapism, and you know, some people will be judging right now, but you know, <laughs> judge myself more as a slogan. But you know, it was just absolute trash that we just loved yeah, it's um, just an example of crap it's just, so any just but you can, utter garbage yeah, you can, we're not telly. saying you have to and this is not sponsored by love island but no. but yeah i think i don't know it's a tricky one i i don't know because another theory was the energy course that i did um it says in week three i wish it done in week one but it gives you steps to protect yourself because it says that a lot of the tools and the meditation I was using, and it was new to me because it was shifting energy around your body, um, it said it can release trauma that you've perhaps buried from childhood. Now, we all have trauma. Um, and trauma to one person could mean something totally different. It could just be something someone said to you when you're young and fragile. and you, Or you could have been hit. Or, you know, I, I was saying, like, I, I can't stand sweets now. And I used to love them as a kid. So something's happened. Something bad's happened to make me not want to touch sweets. Good for me, though, when there's a packet of Haribo. Yeah, it's amazing for you. But I Happy know days. I love sweets, but I can't go near them. So there's obviously trauma. We all have trauma we block. Our brain... But when I got sick, I was really paranoid. I was like, what trauma happened to me? Do you know what I mean? I was like, what happened? Like, yeah, but then you started making everything up. You were connecting dots at that point. Yeah. Which then, that's when you went wild crazy if you like yeah. you know in a bad term but in you know that's when you went yeah or possessive it yeah. was a bit like possessive sometimes you would but... you would start connecting dots this is what it is this is what this is what this is and come up with like all carrying these homeland. theories yeah <laughs> well this is when i thought you were like carrying homeland yeah yeah so yeah that that was you would connect the dots and it just it just didn't make sense and that was yeah it's safe to see as well and we won't see what they are but there were some pop-ups and some emails I got that were quite scary actually mm. um like I've been asking for signs and stuff and all these sort of strange things happened and you put it down into coincidence but to me it freaked me out you know it is coincidence yeah but it, <laughs> at the time it's <laughs> at the time it did seem like there was things happening and obviously weird things happen guys yeah, trust me weird things happen. I can't go into all the details but there was a lot of stuff yeah. there and people were involved and 
people yeah. were involved. Um, as far as I know, most people, because I was going to say to you, what would you say to someone who wants to give up or who's been really offended by someone who's been mentally unwell? Because as far as I know, most people have forgiven me. And my nurse said to me, you do not have to apologise to anyone. And she actually got angry because someone had suggested maybe apologise to someone. And she was furious. She was like, you were sick. It wasn't you. Like, ah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but I'm going to apologise anyway because... I know it wasn't me, but I would. I just hate how many people I may have hurt in that time. And I contacted so, so many people. Um, but I can genuinely say I didn't have control. Like, I did not have control. It wasn't like a, oh, you're just having a bad day, you're being a bit of a... No, like, whatever had happened to me, someone was ruling the shot and it wasn't me. Yeah. So... What would you say to someone who's maybe like they've lost a friendship or they've written someone off or someone who's had lots of people write them off because they've been unwell? Like, what would you I think it's, yeah, it's, it's really difficult because when you're sort of speaking to the person, like it's the words are coming out of their mouth. So this is someone you, you love in my case. And, you know, and they're saying these things, these really hurtful things at some points. Mm -hmm. And so that at the time is, is soul destroying and you know and you can't like when you're going through it you can you sort of they say to you uh, just let it wash over you you know so like don't kind of listen to anything and just let things like my dad said that to me just just let it wash over you and you know don't don't take it and your brother said that as well you know so well, my brother's trained as a social yeah, worker exactly. and you know, a counsellor so and... he was he was brilliant actually so was all your family there but um so yeah, so they say like, you know, kind of just let it wash over you. But at that time, it's it's impossible, I think, mm -hmm. to do that. If you're close to it, if you're close to the person and they're saying these things and they know what to say to, like, because part of it is that, you know, it really gets you and push you, you know, hits you where it hurts kind of thing all the time. Which is horrible. It's horrendous. And so that is absolutely traumatic. But yeah, you you have to kind of keep in mind as much as possible that it's it's not them. It's it's kind of it's it's not that person. It's not the person you love that's sort of saying these things. This is an illness, and that's what's happening. Obviously, we've been through something similarish with your dad. Uh, he said some, a few years before yeah he called but, the police when i was in the house because he said i'm, I'm yeah. going to harm you and i said dad you would never do that and he said but the voices in my head are telling me that yeah your dad your dad wasn't well and there was loads of stuff that he said that was off and i love your dad um and dad's the most gentle amazing soul, yeah so loving wouldn't harm a fly but although i didn't believe it at the time some said to me well you never know like mm. maybe the illness would have made him i don't think it would have but nah. dad being dad was so paranoid that he called the police and said come round come round and remember the police saying to me are you okay and i was like yeah i'm fine because i know it's not my dad and i just mm -hmm. want him to get well and the medication was making him worse and and for for dad it was at least a year was it um yeah, it was a long time. For me, thankfully, you know, I was I was delusional for probably a couple of weeks before I went in hospital, um, coming and going. But I went into hospital, I was there for 33 nights, which is horrendous when I think about that. Um, but when I came out, my insight was coming back. So really, you maybe lost me for a couple of months. Yeah. It could have been a lot when worse. When you first came out, you, you weren't fully back. 
but yeah so I mean I guess my sort of advice on that is yeah it's you've got to try and remove the person from the illness but at first when the person's getting ill or becoming ill you don't know what's going on and so that's the point that's the most confusing because at the very start you're just like what's happening all this kind of out of character stuff's going on and you know something's not right but you don't know what it is and you're just like this this isn't you know what's what's happening and then you're like right you're you're really not well Mm -hmm. but you don't know kind of what that means and what that entails and then you you go on this journey and it's horrendous but a lot of the stuff that when you were about unwell was kind of aimed at me as well so well, they say you take it out in the closest people I know. to you. So, uh, which is fine and, you know, it's all very easy to say, but then when you're going through it, it's not easy. So I would kind of sympathise with anybody going through a mental illness or anybody who's close to someone going through a mental illness. I think all partners in that sense do bear the brunt, generally. Well, the thing is with um, mania, you and my mum got out the worst because you both challenged me at times. Hmm. And the doctors well, I stuck will say being you can't. Honest with you, so I was like, my whole thing was be honest with you all the time, as I always. Know, that's my thing. When someone's lost insight, what we say in mental health uh, first aid training is, you kind of need to play the game. But if because... I played the game, you would ended up buying a couple of houses. I did. I nothing. Yeah. No, but <laughs> no, but the, like the, that's the thing. It's easy to say. Like, there's all this. I did read all these things and all this advice and stuff, but there was there's only so much. Like for me. I had the kids as well, like you would say things you wouldn't normally say in front of the kids. No, the kids. I think generally the kids were quite protected though. I, I right, feel like I, mean, I played the game in front of the kids. No, nah, nah, you might feel like that, but no, nah, you didn't. So there was things, so I, I had to, you know, like I, I had to protect the kids, not physically, but just emotionally, like protect the children, protect you, protect me, protect our life, you know, like for after when you're well again. So it was kind of, yeah, you can go along with you, which I did sometimes. Like I did try and sort of, because I was advised of that, you know, just, yeah, just go along with it and stuff. And I did to an extent, but there was a point at which I had to stop because you would then be like, all right, brilliant. So cool, I'm going to, right, I'll buy this house tomorrow and I'll do that. And and I couldn't let that get to that point. There was too much going on as well, as I say, with different people involved, people advising me to just go for it with the house and stuff. Well, yeah, that was another thing. So another massive thing when you're going through this thing is people that know you and people that know you well. So people that know you a little bit or know what's going on in your life are, are not helpful necessarily in these situations. It's only really the people that know the whole shit and shebang, the whole story. That know me really, really on. well as well. And know that I would never see like nasty things as well. Do you yeah, know what I mean? That know, like... Yeah, exactly. So people that know that you would never do or say certain things. That's why when a couple of things happened at the very start, um, you know, like the night before you went to your parents, like I'm not going to say what it was, but when stuff happened at that point, like straight away... I knew, right, that's just not you. That's mm-hmm. so out of character. That's something you would never do. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, that was like, to be totally honest, like at that point from then, I kind of knew that you were probably going to go into hospital because I didn't know yeah. how you were going to get better, mm-hmm. you know? And then they gave us the home help team. and But it was such a small dose and it wasn't having much impact. And you were giving them 
flannel and making it, you know, so you well, were my background's of, in acting. Exactly, and they just yeah. said so I was so, them around, yeah, I was so right? articulate that yeah. I could, but in my head, I believed I was well. But they didn't know you. So I they, convinced they myself I was well. Yeah, I know. But you, they didn't know you. So they're kind of like, oh yeah, she's telling us she's fine. And you're telling me, oh, they're going to sign me off and all that. I'm coming to visit you at like the Balmoral. And I'm looking at you and going, you're absolutely off your nut. Like you're not well. Mm-hmm. You're really not well. And you're telling me, oh, they're thinking I'm doing great, you know. Well, they were that. thinking I was doing yeah. great. But like that, that, but you weren't doing great. You were. You there were... was parts of me. I, I mean, you're in the Balmoral getting five star exactly. service. Exactly. I am loving life. Yeah. Hello with the women. Like you know, that was the red alert. Mm-hmm. That that was backing home from work that day because it was just not not right. Yeah. But that, I think, like, one thing, you know, for the whole experience, one thing that I think anybody that's been through something like this uh, with somebody who's been through a kind of manic episode is very confusing. So the whole experience, the main thing I think that me and your family often spoke about was just the it's so confusing. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's happening. You don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You're changing all the time because you're you're you one minute and then you're the illness the other minute. Mm-hmm. And so you're your normal self sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the time. It's not like you're constantly on me, like going manic and kind of doing all these things. It's not all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you're totally fine. And then the next day you're you're absolutely mania mode. So you'd think, you know, there's, there was loads of times where I thought, oh, all right, OK, so you're, you're OK. We're kind of, we're, you know, you're back to now. You seem fine. Mm-hmm. You'd convince me, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is quite impressive. And then the next day something would happen, I'd be like, oh, no, 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 you're, you're absolutely again. off it, yeah, and that is so confusing, because there's no continuity, it's just absolute turmoil the whole time. But, but do you know, Bonnie was like, I didn't realise, Mum, she was like, I thought you were fine, you just seemed like even more fun than normal, because obviously mm. I had higher energy. I know, but she said to me quite a few times during the thing that you weren't well, and, you know, so she knew, I don't know how much Charlie knew, but Bonnie... Well, she's eight, right? And she, she kind of knew. She was seven at the seven time. Seven at the time, but she she knew that you weren't well, and she knew she just knew that mummy's mummy's brain was was wasn't very mm-hmm. well. It was just getting fixed, and she took it really well. And she's she's fine. Bonnie um, and I have written a totally book fine. together. Mummy Jojo has lost her mojo. We've not really done much with it yet, um, but I'd like to um, because we're, I think we're going to write. I, I'd written it before I took mentally unwell, so who knows? Maybe just lost her mojo. Yeah, vision and boards. Um, but we're going to sort of come to it again because. Um, do you want to wait? Can we it? pause? No, no, you just pour it now. It's fine. Just, oh, what is it? All yeah, right. Pause. Okay, pause. quick drink break. Right, he's had some popcorn, he's had some red grapes, he's got a drink. Um, yeah, so we're do- we've written a book, Mummy Jo's has lost her mojo, um, but we're, we're coming back to it um, with fresh eyes. Um, and it's a special little project we can do together. But I think that's the part that broke me the most because I'm such a gushy mum. And although I saw the kids a lot when I was in hospital pretty much every day and always had presents for them and pictures and stuff... It's hard for me to process the fact that for 33 nights, I wasn't able to tuck them in, you know. Um, that's just horrendous for me. Um, but see, at the point when you were ill, I think the mania, at least from outwardly, you didn't give as much of a fuck mm-mm-mm. about the kids. Had language. 
Are you not allowed to swear on? No, you can, but... Sorry. Uh, but the illness, if you like, like the, the illness, the mania, didn't particularly care about the kids. It didn't particularly care about me. And it didn't particularly care about... Mm, I wouldn't... Our world. I well, don't know. I wouldn't truth. always say that because I bought them a lot of gifts. Yeah, but time. Like, in terms of the kind of... the What the kids wanted. Like, when you were at your height of mania and you mm-hmm. were going through the manic episode and then you were, you know, you were away staying at different hotels, you were staying at different places and, like, yeah, you'd get me to bring the kids for an hour or whatever, you know, just to, whatever. Maybe I knew I couldn't handle it. I don't know. Um, but there wasn't, there wasn't that, that love and care. And even when I, when I took the kids round, you couldn't deal with the kids. Yeah, like, I was like, like, I can't take you were this. Like, I, can't, I can't handle it, you need yeah. to get them away. If it started to, to get challenging, I wasn't. Yeah, exactly. If it became a sort of uncomfortable, like if they were just being kids for a second, then that would yeah, be like, yeah. oh, and you'd be like, get them out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like you, Jojo, has always loved your kids and all, and that's what I put in my thing. I had to write a thing to the woman. Um, mental health tribunal. Yeah, to your mental health tribunal, I had to write a thing to. What do you call her again? The doc, the consultant. Yeah, the consultant of the wards, so the head consultant lady. And that's what I said. I said Jojo um, is, you know, the best mother I've ever known. Um, you know, she's like an incredible mum to both the children, uh, and you know, I value her so much uh, in that, uh, and that is, that was one of my reasons. So it was you had to, I had to say why I believed you were unwell and what was out of character for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, you love your kids so much and you're so, like, caring towards them. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't been the case. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the things, one of the many things, but one of the, quite one of the big things Massive. that I knew was not you mm-hmm. and not something that you would normally do. And so it and wasn't you. And it that's wasn't you. heartbreaking because... Yeah, but, but again, that's you... You know, it's something that you shouldn't be... I know it's difficult, oh, no, but... I, I know that. And I know I'm no. lucky because I wasn't in hospital that long. And I know there's people that have to go in much longer yeah. and... And you had me as well, which was lucky because obviously I made sure they're fine. I made sure they came in to see you every day, pretty much. You know, and bring you like pizza and curries <laughs> and we try and make it like a wee event and try and make it like... Oh, and we had that room, so it was kind of like a little living room and... You know, you would you would forget you're in hospital. Like we would come and mm. sit and we'd just chat normal, and it, it wouldn't really feel like we were in the hospital. You know, we'd just yeah. have a laugh, like normal, almost at the time. So you had that, and then that was great. But the illness didn't care about the kids. The illness didn't care about me. The illness didn't care about anyone really. Like the illness was just yeah. on to itself, and that was like heartbreaking. And that's why, again. I knew so much that that wasn't you. Mm-hmm. And so that, again, like, that's why I knew you weren't well, because it was so not your character and not the person that I married. Mm-hmm. And you also know? when I was going through it with Dad, which is why I wrote the book, and the yeah. first chapter of the book had a lot of people crying, but the letter was me writing to my dad and him writing to me, you know, saying, like, this is not who I am and always keep the real me close to your heart. Yeah. And part of me when I wrote that letter was because I thought, I'm so like Dad, so there's a chance that I will get some sort of mental health scare, perhaps. Um, And I want my kids to be able to read that. So obviously they were too young to read that, but if they'd been teenagers or in their 30s, 
Um, you know, I was in my 30s when dad kind of pushed me away and it was horrible. Um, but I wrote that letter knowing that it wasn't him, you know, yeah. and I, I think it's really powerful because although it's emotional, it's so true about mental health. You know, if you could, if you knew it was going to happen, like if I'd have had the heads up and yeah. I almost like the paranoid side of me thinking, what if that ever happens again and I lose my insight? You know, but if it's I was... like the second wave of the COVID. Mm. It's like if it was, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll never happen again. Please. But if it did, we would be far more prepared for it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we would be far... So it would never happen again, I believe, to the extent that it did. Because well, we could have nipped that in the bud. When we went to the doctor for the very first time, and we went and I said you were manic to the doctor, and then you gave him some flannel, and then that ended up prolonging, and it went on forever, right? But if we'd nipped it in the bud, which we would this time, mm -hmm. at that stage, straight away, it would end then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The baby's gone. Oh, hi, baby. We're just doing the podcast. Do you want to come and say hello? You can say hi on it if you want. It's episode 100. Hi. You want to say hi? <laughs> Bonnie's just popped in. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> what have you been watching, Bonnie? Sing. Was Are you it loving good? it? Mm -hmm. She sings. She sings. Uh, you can never sing. sing. You can never sing too much. I love you, darling. Uh, we're just doing Mummy's podcast at the moment. So what should I do? Well, we're probably just tennis. about five minutes from the end. If you want, so you can maybe just chill out. Is that right? Give us a few minutes, we'll come back. No, no, we'll just keep it. It's uncut. Yeah. I like your little beautiful voice. You're very pretty. Give She's gorgeous. Million dreams are keeping me awake. Bye, Bonnie. Bye, Bonnie. Um, So, what was I saying there? Talking about your dad. What's that? Um, Would we finish that? I can't think. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's a it's a horrible thing, and I think if you're listening and you've you've had something or you're you're sort of battling it, um, it's knowing what your toolkit is as well. Um, if you found medication that works, amazing. Like part of me has been like, I want to get off the medication because I was focusing on the side effects. But mm. although I have dropped it quite quickly, like it's helped. It's helped me so much. And the main reason I wanted to keep dropping it was because I felt a bit numb. But as I say, I don't know what would happen. Hopefully I can come off my medication fully and I won't have the side effects and I, I won't get it back but we just don't know but what i do know is when your sleep's not protected um that's huge because the less you sleep so just say you've been stressed or burnt out and your sleep's affected or if you've had anxiety with this year and all that's going on that's pretty you know the less you sleep it can really trigger something it can trigger a manic episode it can trigger more anxiety, it can trigger delusional behaviour, all sorts. And I think we just need to be really open about that. And also psychosis. Psychosis, like the media has so much to answer for. When you think of psychotic, you think of like cold-blooded killers. But the majority of people that have psychosis and need antipsychotic meds are really, really kind, lovely people that have just lost their way. And perhaps it's due to sleep or trauma or genetic you know, or getting into energy or whatever. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. We were saying before about how uh, 
it would never happen again I think that's and you know how, how it would be so much like if it if it did happen again it would never get to the point and you know you were saying that if you kind of if you knew it was going to happen then it'd be so much easier mm-hmm. and so like for me like I, I don't think it's going to happen again I don't want it to ever happen again but I know that you and I would be aware of it mm-hmm. so, so quickly yeah because I... we know what to look out for now so yeah as soon as that happens we know because at that point yeah like you talk about the sleep like when this when you got really unwell, you weren't sleeping at all and you were still bouncing about all day. I was buzzing. And I remember that feeling yeah. of being absolutely off my face, thinking, I feel like I've been injected with something. Yeah. And um, so you don't know what that was at the time and you're just basically just off your chops on what you think is like endorphins or whatever. But, you know, really, you're you're manic mm-hmm. and you're, you're completely, you know, unwell at that time. But you obviously didn't know... The only thing, I guess, that's a concern is that I know that, you know, when you take the tablets that you take, they don't take... It's not like you take the tablet and the next day you're fine. It takes a wee while for things to kick in, so it takes, like, a couple of weeks for things to actually have an effect. You know, so I don't know how that works. Um, Like, if you're completely off medication and then something happens and then how does that happen? But, anyway, hopefully it'll never happen. But at least, yeah, it it is kind of... Once you've sort of been through something like that, you, you do know the warning signs. Um, yeah. I suppose, like, I guess awareness is a really big thing, mm-hmm. you know, because even though, like, like your dad's had his issues and my mum has had her issues, so we're probably more au fait with this kind of thing than most people mm-hmm. and because of what you do. But even then, you know, even having all of that kind of information and all that background and whatever it well, saying that, I didn't know you were manic straight away. Um, and that was quite a long time ago. But mm, I uh, think for me, it, it all happened so quickly and so suddenly. And I have really thought about my triggers. I've thought about the different things that could have caused it. And I've spoken quite openly on here. Yeah. So I guess... You know, I know that, you know, sort of energy meditations and things, got to be careful. I need to be careful how excited I get. I need to really watch my dopamine levels. Um, I need to slow right down. I need to say no more. You know, people please are mm. probably still buried in there somewhere. Um, saying no is really powerful um, and not being afraid to say it. And a really good tip is saying, I don't, I don't work that day or rather than I can't do it. Um, I don't work a Sunday or I don't work past uh, five o'clock or, oh, I don't do events on a Wednesday, Thursday. I'm at home with the family or um, I don't work a Wednesday. I go for a wild swim or, you know, yeah. making it clear, like knowing what your toolkit is and then sticking by that and not letting the world suck you back in. But that's the danger of working for yourself, right? Because you don't have like set hours. Yeah. So but you can get caught into a land where you, yeah, but that's for everyone who's self-employed, right? But the whole point, you have to think of, like, why I was, why did I do that in the first place? Mm-hmm. So it should be a benefit and it should be, you should have more time and more life and more enjoyment, even if you enjoy your job. But, you know, you, you need to have that balance. Mm-hmm. And so it is like, you know, if you're self or if you're working for yourself or whatever it is, trying to kind of keep hours, let you say, so have that. That is my working day and this is my non-working day. And when I'm not on my working day, I'm not going to sit on my phone all the time. I'm not going to sit on my laptop all the time and do all the or read into things because it's not 
this is my my downtime. Mm-hmm. You know, I do my job. It's not like I then go and look at finance and meetings. You know, <laughs> yeah, and that's because yeah. it's a passion of mine. And it's knowing, you know, I spoke a few episodes back about intense people. You know, you could really get obsessive thoughts and stuff. We all have obsessive thoughts, so from mm-hmm. down to line. Um, but it can be really easy to get sucked in, and I'll be doing like research, reading research papers at night, and then, you know, your brain maybe doesn't switch off and mm-hmm. stuff. So you just have to really be careful. Yeah. Protect yeah, yourself. Exactly. Look after yourself. But. You've got, and you're, you know, you're lucky you've got a good support network around you and everything. Um, not everybody will have that. Well, there's you know? so, so many um, communities, though. You've spoken at a gambler's night recently. Um, yeah. You know, there's so many people out there that want to help. And, you know, if anyone's really struggled and, and they want some resources, please drop me an email, mummyjojoblog at gmail.com. And if you want to read in more detail, um, I put a piece out last month. It's called In Sickness and Mental Health at mummyjojo.com. It's had thousands and thousands of people reading it. I've had loads and loads of feedback about how much it's helped them. Um, and it's a very, very honest account of, of what happened with us earlier this year. But I'm just delighted to see that we're a lot healthier happier now and long may that last because we all deserve well-being and uh, your mental health isn't some kind of dirty secret you know we all have mental health we don't all have mental illness but we're all very very it could happen to anyone what happened to me could happen to anyone so protect yourself and if you have had something go easy on yourself but do not feel any shame try your best um because that prolongs recovery and you just need to be kind to yourself. Yeah, I think awareness is key. Mm-hmm. You know, the more people that kind of know about these things and know how to, like what to expect and how, how these things play out, you know, because like I say, there's so much confusion and so much everyone around you is sort of like, what's going on? And, oh, what's mm-hmm. happening with her? Sugar? And people just didn't really understand, mm-hmm. you know, and I would say that that probably counts for a, a vast majority of the population mm-hmm. you know people just don't really fully understand mental illness it's so easy you know if you you break your leg and you come in oh yeah she's broken her leg you know you can see it mm-hmm. but like when you're you're kind of doing all these things out of character and you're saying all these things people are like well what's happening mm-hmm. you know it's like what's going on and so having that kind of I don't know awareness you know stuff like this like doing the post- podcast and you know, doing your blog and things, you know, it's great. And, like, more people like you doing that kind of thing is, is brilliant because they need to do more of that mm-hmm. because the more aware you are, you know, the, the quicker people can kind of diagnose situations like this and help people like that and, mm-hmm. you know, not be offended by it because you realise that that's what it is and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's getting better, like, it is getting better in our generation and, but, you know, yeah. we're nowhere near yet. Um, it's still, there's a long, long way to go. Because, uh, so like I say, even I didn't fully, you know, I was still confused a lot of the time. It, it was very. So was I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What's going on? It's very, very confusing, you know. Even I know you're not well, and I know, but still, things that happened are kind of. It's very difficult to wash over you. So, yeah, I think I think the more knowledge people have, the more kind of awareness, and the better for everybody. Yeah. 
So keep talking. Yeah. And um, thank you for joining us again. Exactly. Number 100. Well done, darling. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. good job. Quite proud. Yeah. Quite proud. Um, we would have got here a bit quicker had COVID and um, mania not struck this year, but I've just been going slow with it this year. Um, I was so dedicated to this podcast. I wouldn't miss a week. Mm. And then 2020 hit. Um, so, yeah, I've got so many plans for the future, but I'm taking it a week at a time and yeah. I'm just... Yeah, I, I want to keep putting really authentic content out there. But um, yeah, just all in good time. And, and, you know, I've got to stick by my new values of slow and steady. Exactly. Remind myself of that. So, yep. But look forward to lots more. And that's been amazing. So thank you. Oh, well, any time, darling. I'll be on number Whatever. Uh, number <laughs> well, you, you come on every hundred, right? So... <laughs> He is honestly the hardest guest to track down. He lives with me, but honestly, he's like, I'll schedule some time in my diary this week. See, when you're trying to get family, like if you're Mm. trying to get somebody to do, you know, like fix your boiler, (laughs) (laughs) or do your, uh, you know, like your your joinery if you've got a a family member. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's it's difficult tracking down. It's a tricky one, isn't it? It was a pleasure, darling. Well, I'm glad we got there. And Mm. listen, we better go and see the kids having. Who knows what they've done. They have been watching a movie, but yeah, it's their bedtime now. But um, thank you so much, guys, for being here. A hundred onwards and upwards. Listen, be kind to yourself. Love, love, love. Um, Judge less, live more. Mm. Old karaoke song I used to do all the time. Spend all your time waiting for that second chance. For a break that would make it okay There's always some reason To feel not good enough And it's hard at the end of the day I need some distraction Oh, beautiful release Memories see through my veins let me be empty Oh, and weightless And maybe Find some peace tonight Wishing you all loads of peace In the arms of the angel Fly away from here From this dark hole Hotel and the endlessness that you fear—you are pulled from the wreckage of your silent reverie. You were in the arms of the angel. May you There's vultures and thieves at your back 
The storm keeps on twisting Keep on building lies That you make up for all that you lack It don't make no difference Escaping one last time It's easier to believe In the sweet madness All this glorious sadness That brings me to my knees It's okay to fall to your knees sometimes, guys It's okay to to ask for help And, um, yeah, just be real Keep it real, it's good for us Send you all the love, all the mojo, all the good vibes. See you back here soon. Mm.